Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at Arguably, I have to say arguably now, the greatest compilation series this country's ever produced. We are, of course, talking about the 100% Hits compilations. My name is Josh Earl, and today we're talking Volume 7, Side B, and I brought a special guest in today. He's been mentioned on the pod before. Please welcome into your ears. It's Oliver Clark, everyone. Thank Yay. you. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, I heard that I was mentioned with the Jimmy Nail yes. uh, thing because I do a bit about it, which I love doing because yep. it's so stupid. But also, the Jimmy Nail song... Harked back to childhood. Me and my sister used to laugh whenever it came on. Yeah. I just found him funny. That, yeah. I mean, the nose, his face was kind of that rugby player nose. I think he was a rugby player. Either that or soccer. He was a boxer. Of, oh, he was a... He was a bo- oh, there he, you go. That. He went to prison. No shit. Yeah. In his young days, he, he got in a, a soccer fight. Right. And uh, went to prison, came out, said, I'm not going to do that life anymore. I'm going to be an actor. Also was voted, and we've talked about this on the pod, we talk, he was voted sexiest man in Britain at one year. You know what? I love that. I love that you don't have to be a cliched yeah. looking, you know, pretty person to get sexiest person yep. or man. Yes. But what a nose. <laughs> Good I nose. mean, if ever you were going to use the word conk, you would probably use it for that. Well, Nate Falvo hadn't heard the song before. Wow. And he's our age. Wow. Yeah. Is he? Well, yeah, he's, roughly. he's two yeah. years younger than me. You'd hear it. Yes. I mean, and I'm imagining Nath would have listened to 100% Hits volumes yeah. up to whatever, well, he, right? He said he was but... a hit machine family. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's one or the other. Yeah. It's like when you go overseas, you're either a, a family mart or a Circle yes. K person. You know? <laughs> um, but we're talking volume seven. So we're talking side B. So this is... I didn't know there was a... I didn't realise this was side B. Yeah, we're side B. So we're doing... Uh, we're doing nine songs, but this is from the year 1993. So what's happening mm. for Oliver Clark in 93? 93, I will be in year eight. Yes. Uh, I would have been playing soccer, I imagine. I would have been playing guitar. Uh, I would have been having uh, dreams of becoming a stand-up of some description. Nice. I was definitely into it because I reckon it was probably... Went, to, went on a family trip to America where my dad's side are kind of over there. Yeah. She married this guy called Walt. He's very funny. Such an American. He kind of looks a bit like Steve Martin and Steve Martin's kind of like one of my heroes. Yeah. But he had a tape of Steve Martin's. Oh. Uh, Let's Get Small, the album Let's Get Small. And he goes, have a listen to this. And I listened to that nonstop for the whole trip, just laughing myself to sleep. I, see, they don't, I mean, they do have stand-up on Spotify, but you don't, the, the comedy album mm. has kind of, Gone away. It's gone away. Everyone's after the special. We want the special. But yeah. I, there's something about the comedy album. I think Carl Kinane's the last person who just put right. out an album yeah. without the vision. Yeah. And I loved it. You know what's weird? I actually went to listen to a Steve Martin thing on Spotify. And they're down. They're yeah. Not, they're not up there. Only the music bits within those albums oh. where he's playing the banjo. I was like, oh, what's yeah. going on? Is he trying to distance himself? from? But why yeah. would you? It's still part of your life. Yeah, right? I, I guess it's a label, Warner Brothers label thing. Yeah. Who knows? Very strange, but so you're have, a, are you going to put out an album? 
no, I put out enough podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Now, so you were playing guitar. You're a very good guitar player. Thank you. Was Love your it. family all musical? Or no, 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 no. Dad, carpentry was so he was, and he's really creative in that area. Yep. Like he loves designing stuff. Mum was playing the flute. Didn't really pursue it. Yeah, but my sister played violin and is still kind of playing it in orchestra. But no, I'm definitely the most musical. Yeah, is like it older sister, younger sister, older sister. Were you into? Was she kind of uh, influential in your music taste? Not at all. No, she, I'm she talking was, my brother. Yeah, she was love it. She was lo- you know she loved Pearl Jam. Yeah, she loved all those real '90s rock bands so hard. Yeah. Which my girlfriend now like loves that shit as well. So I'm kind of getting reintroduced to a lot of that stuff. I just kind of really loved all the melodic guitar players out there. Yeah. You know, like back in the 80s, I was into Poison. Yeah. And I was going, oh, would I want to be Brett Michaels or CC DeVille? <laughs> like I had this thing of, do I want to be the front man or do I want to be playing the axe? I've said this before. So I was into bands like the Lemonheads and stuff like that. Right. And if I was into bands like Poison or uh-huh. Metallica, I'd be a much better guitar player. Right, yeah. You can get away with just playing Evan Dado songs by learning four chords. Right, and this is why I hated those bands. Yeah. Because I'm listening to the guitar going, this is so easy. <laughs> but the weird thing is, I then eventually got into blues pretty hard and I'm yeah. going, well, this is, a lot of it is so basic, but that's where the beauty lies. Yeah. It's the tension and release in that 12 bars or whatever. But it's the, it's the like, you look at BB and I do a bit about BB just playing one note, but he plays it with such yeah. feeling and soul and he plays it in many different ways, but it's just one note. Well, speaking of feeling and soul, we've got some real feeling songs on this one. This oh my is, God. Whoever compiled this list, I think was going through a little bit because there's some real, some real emotions coming up. I must say I was genuinely disappointed by this. I didn't even know it was, a, <laughs> was side A any better. <laughs> Side A, he's got uh, Would I Lie to You by Charles and Eddie. Oh, uh, okay. Peter Gabriel, Screaming Jets. Oh, wait. So that's Side A. That's Side A. This is Side oh, B. Oh, sorry. I just got the, I obviously got the whole oh, album. Oh, you got the whole album. Yeah. So we, we're going to oh, start. Damn, I was going to say, like, definitely Peter Gabriel was the standout, but that's yeah. Side A. That's Side and, A. And the Would I Lie to You was another thing, which was very Jimmy Nail. Yeah. It's got that same kind of feel. So I used to laugh at that one a lot. So we're starting. We've turned it over. We've turned the tape over. Great. And we're starting... With a little band called En Vogue oh, and their absolute right. monster hit, Free Your Mind. Prejudice. Want a song about it? Like to hear it? Here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. The gated snare. Yeah. Spot on. He ain't no. Frosted too. Uh, have to change that for this market. Uh, what did they say? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, It, that that's the best bit of it. Yeah. Right. We'll take that down. We'll play that down. Right. I wasn't sure how long of the song you were going to play, but that's. I was listening to this and I got disappointed listening to it because that before getting to the hook, it takes so long, and I was going, I think they should have got their one yeah one little verse bit earlier. Well, I think what it 
according to the film clip anyway, I don't know if this is what the right. record is, but they kind of take turns going down a catwalk. Oh. And so it's a band. There's the four members. Uh-huh. And so three now, but there's four members at this time. <laughs> what happened to the fourth? Uh, we don't talk about the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> but they go down the catwalk and I think it's a bit of like, all right, my turn, your turn, right. the other person's turn. Let's now... Do the chorus because there the were hook. three. There were three bits, weren't there? Before yeah. the hook, yeah, that makes yeah. okay. Makes more sense now. So, so this was uh, the second and uh, the third single from their critically acclaimed album, Funky Divas. Mm. Uh, we've talked about them already on the pod before, so we won't go into too much of the history of it. But uh, this song, uh, huge, huge song. Uh, this was named uh, the forty-first greatest song according to Billboard for uh, girl groups. Of wow. all time. Of all time. Not just the 90s, it, all time. It's very um, empowering. Yeah, it so is. So I'm sure for that reason alone, it would be up there. It was inspired by the Funkadelic song, Free Your Mind and Your Ass Will Follow. Oh. It's a good song. Right. Yeah. I don't... It doesn't sound anything like that. Nothing like I, it, no. I don't know how I haven't heard of They've it. They've just used the, the hook. Yeah. Or the, the title, really, for, the, for their song. Okay. Uh, but the band has done a cover of this. You know the band? Yeah. Like... The right. Weight yeah, played with Bob Dylan. Love him. In 94, they did a cover of this and it is dog shit. <laughs> is it appropriating it to a male point of yes. view? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't care if you dress like a prostitute. Um, yeah. Right. Free your mind. Yeah. How bizarre. What a. I always find that so weird. I'm like, I just think just if you're going to do a cover of the song, yeah. just keep, keep the pronouns the way they were. Just yeah. be brave enough to go, you know what? It's, like this is this is what the song, song is. But you know you know what I think was going on here. They really wanted to be on like a version and couldn't get on, and so they said, "Let's just do it anyway." <laughs> uh, so what they're doing now? Uh, so on en Vogue, en Vogue, en Vogue, en Vogue. I would say en Vogue, but who yeah. Knows? I en look my en route. As, as listeners know, my pronunciation is terrible. Uh, en Vogue recently were unmasked on the Masked Singer America. Oh. They were qu- the Queen Cobras. I was, gonna, I, I was hoping they were all in one costume. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> uh, the Siamese twins. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I, I find it so funny. So American Mask Singer right. have real proper singers on it. You've got a better market over there, right? T-Pain, hmm. Leanne Rimes, Dionne Warwick, Jewel have all been... Dionne Warwick. I know. Oh, my goodness. So good. Which I also... The costume is pretty big. I would feel a bit worried about... Like she's getting on it. I agree. Years. You'd you'd She'd have be seventy. What, at least. Do you know what her costume was? I don't know. But the it, feather. Yeah, <laughs> you would have to put a big old ten kilo helmet on. Because <laughs> some of them do say it's pretty heavy. Oh there, yeah, right? and hot as well. Oh, you imagine that she dies of a heart attack inside the suit. It's just like playing a game of squash for a middle aged man. It's no good. See, the other thing with the show, look, and they all say they are singing underneath that. I'm like, why are they though? Pre-record it and just have them do the dance. That yeah, I I always, when I saw it for the first time, I thought they were not singing. Yeah, but they are auto tuned to the hilt. They say yeah, they say they're singing underneath it. I I'm think like, they must be. I I don't know why they do it though. It doesn't sound muffled. No. And I'm going. How does it not sound muffled? Yeah. But anyway, they they do sort of protest that they are singing. But I like that they have like America has proper musicians, prop like Grammy award winners, and we have Lisa Curry and Toadie. Oh God, what a what a reveal. <laughs> 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 All right, so that's, that's En Vogue's Free Your Mind. Good song. You like it. I, I like and I think it's a great way to kick off Side, side B as Side well. B, great. All right, moving on. This is, ah, oh, an Aussie, Aussie classic band, although I, I must admit, I, I don't think I'd ever heard this song. Right. 
So this is Boom Crash Opera and their song In the Morning. Oh, it's a slow build, huh? It sounds like Australian Crawl. Yeah. It does, isn't it? It's, it's such, his voice, though, is so distinguishing. Yeah. Not a fan of this song. Not a fan of this song? To be honest. I quite like the melody. I think it's quite interesting. And not what I anticipated Boom Crash Opera to be like only because I remember mm. onion, skin onion Skin being huge it was huge but I guess you've got to have diversity in your yeah. album right and yeah. I'm sure this was part of that same no really this is the follow up later so, I don't mind this for an Oz Rock band like from the 80s early 90s I this think it's would have been great live because it's that real tension building for yeah. the course and then I wonder if they have a thing where they have to hit the crash symbol because it's in their title <laughs> like it's just like all chorus you just have to hit that crash uh, so this was their th- from their third album uh, the album is called Fabulous Beast mm. so the album before was the big monster one that was right. the one that had onion skin the best thing Dancing mm. in the Storm I don't remember that uh, oh, let's, I'll play Dancing in the Storm for you. you you'll know it as soon yeah. as you hear it you go I can't believe uh, Dancing in the Storm Dancing that the storm. is uh, it was Dancing in the Storm was used um, by the Liberal Party in 2010 <laughs> and the Boom Crash Opera came out and said, no, you can't do that. You've got to ask us. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Crash. So that's... That crash is everywhere. Yeah. So that's... Um, uh, <clears throat> but um, so this was the band um, went, to, went to LA to record uh, oh. this album. Well, they're in LA. Where did they record it, by the way? In LA. But is so there a certain with, studio they did it in? Is it Jimmy Iovine? Iovine? Like, oh, big, yeah. big time Jimmy, producer. Yeah. Jimmy he, Iovine. Iovine, yeah. 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 He, he produced it. Great. Uh, so Richard Pleasance went over there with the band. He'd already left the band. Uh-huh. He had tinnitus or tinnitus. <laughs> left the band. <laughs> That's not funny, but... No. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> too much crash. <laughs> yeah, too much crash. Oh. Uh, but he left the band... In that time he left the band, because of his ears, right. he wrote a solo album, released it, did well. Was oh. Nominated for Arias, Richard Pleasant, right. and then came back to the band, went over to LA with them, started recording, went, uh-huh. you know what, I'm not feeling this. Left the band again. Not long after he left, the Rodney King assault and subsequent oh. riots happened. Right. They're in the studio where riots are going all around them. Oh, They're watching okay. the TV. They write a song on the album, Fabulous Beast, is a song addressing the riots. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so then the album comes out and it is a little bit like, and this is very, very, happened to a lot of the bands from Australia. Big in the 80s, the sound has just overtaken them in terms yeah. of like what's popular now. Yep. Okay. And so they just kind of, this was not that big, although the band's still still going, still going mm. around. Yeah, I imagine. That, well, there's yeah, there's a there's a circuit now for that that era of band, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, isn't that a shame when the sound does get overtaken by something new and they're still yeah, either they've taken too long to get the next next one out. Yeah. Is that what happened? I guess they did. Yeah, right? it was like three years. It doesn't say much. No, but especially in- if you're touring the past album and for two years, then you get in the studio, do that for another year. That's three years, and you're kind of like, oh, we're we're done. Yeah, when you got one of the main songwriters leaves to go do a solo album and oh, then comes man. back. And then goes again. Yeah. Oh, what a flaky fuck. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Richard Pleasance. Well, I blame the band on that one. 
Should have known what you're getting. Anything but pleasant. Uh, so that's that's Boom Crash Opera. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to move on. Now, this is probably the biggest hit yeah. from this album. This is Lenny Kravitz mm-hmm. and Are You Gonna Go My Way. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I do love this. But whenever I hear it, because I love Tom Jones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tom Jones is... And Robbie Williams did the duet on Reload. Ah, I like the. Tom- all right, all right, Robbie, are you ready? The Tom Jones version of "I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor" by the Arctic Monkeys, oh, yeah. which he only played live at like one of those Live Eight kind of shows. Yeah, and everyone was like, "Nah," and they had plans to release that as a single. Oh my god, I love that stuff because I know Tom Jones did the EMF song, "Unbelievable." Um, yeah, and I saw a video of him doing it with with them. And they were doing their thing, and then when he sung, like, EMF almost kind of laughing. I think they were amused that he was there, but also couldn't believe that he was there singing their song. Sometimes it just doesn't work. No. But this. This is a great song. This works. Alright. What a riff. It's so good. What a riff. It, I just think of that flying V. Yes. Yeah. You know. Well, I always think of when I hear this song, the film clip. I remember the film clip being huge. Right. And the female drummer with the huge afro yes. was the coolest thing for me the coolest in 93. Thing. Yeah. I think I get this an American Woman video clip mixed up yeah. in my head. So the flying V may not have even been in this clip. Yeah. So we, we've talked, Lenny's been on before. We talked about It Ain't Over Till It's Over. Oh, he's been on this show. He's been on the show. Yeah, I get all the big guests. Um <laughs> But in 80, that was, so that was his first kind of, uh, right. kind of thing in 91 where he wasn't, he wasn't a star yet. He was, was his first album. Was that that late? I thought he was like late eighties. He was producing and writing songs for people. Right. But still wasn't, he wasn't like saying, I'm going to be the front man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is ridiculous looking at him going, how did you not think you were going to be a front man? Like, I know. What a look. You're one of the most beautiful men in the world. Man, it's insane. I remember going to see him at the music bowl. And he had, his amp stack was in this triangle, like a bespoke triangle thing. It was, I was like, that's incredible. Yeah. I love that. Such a showman. But 93 was his year. Right. So we've, we'll talk about Boom Crash Opera trying to find their place. Lenny Kravitz knew exactly where he was in 93. He yeah. was just, so this is what he was doing in 93. So in 93, he wrote Line Up for Aerosmith, appeared on Mick Jagger's solo album, uh, did a cover with Bill Withers. Oh. Um, Played guitar on David Bowie's The Buddha of Suburbia. Wow. He also released a song with Al Green and Curtis Mayfield. God damn. Uh, this was released. It was number 12 on the Billboard charts. Got a Brit Award. And this is... Look, look. He's, he's, he just, he'd broken up with Lisa Bonet. Right. And the rumour was he'd broken up with Lisa Bonet because when he worked on Madonna's album, he produced uh-huh. her, they had an affair. He denies it. Right. But that's, that's the thing. That's that's <clears throat> so this that was in ninety one, but the mm. divorce finally went through in ninety three, and he's you can look up who he's dated. He, he's he's done, done well for himself. Done it all, yeah. and a, a lot of a lot of Australians in the in the mix. Ah, so Nicole Kidman, Nicole Kidman, yes, really, yep. <laughs> Do you want to have a guess? Two others. Uh, two others. They're, would... in, they're in the music world. Oh, okay. Um, maybe Kylie Minogue. Had Ky- a stint. Yeah, Kylie Minogue. Yep. Um, and, and one more. One more. Pop, Aussie pop star back in the 
mid to late nineties. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go Sophie Monk. Oh no, Natalie Imbruglia. Ooh, yes. Yeah. I think I vaguely remember that actually. Yeah, so they were together. She she was with uh David Schwimmer and then Lenny Kravitz. Wow. Yeah. And then Jason Momoa went with Lisa Bonet, is yes. that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, now, they're no longer. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. I I just I heard that. I didn't even know they're together and then I heard they were broken up and I was like, ha But I this mean, this song, absolute yeah, it's it's great. It's a cracker and uh yeah. Weirdly enough, I remember listening to that album and they weren't all hits though. No. You know, there was, there was probably about three that I really liked. Yeah. I'm a hard man to please sometimes, but I, I, I just don't like slow songs. Well, it was back in the day where you could do that because people had to buy the album. Yeah. And this is why oh. the record the record industry kind of went under because people, it went from like Bowie would release eight songs and that's an album. There you go. That's an album. And the eight songs were good songs. Yeah. And then people extending it out to uh-huh. 15 songs, 16 tracks. And yeah. it's like, Half of these could not be on the album. It didn't need to fill well, up the entire CD. Well, I think also it was probably not rebelling so much against, but just having the ability to put that many songs on. Whereas yeah. vinyl, you have real limited space. Tape, you have limited space. Yeah. CD, you can kind of get away with more and have a double CD. Yeah. Didn't, didn't need it. Didn't All need right. it. So here's a song, which when I saw the lineup of what songs are on this uh, album, I thought, I don't even know who this is. I've never heard this song before. Hmm. And within seconds, I went... Oh no, I know this song, and this song was absolutely huge. It's Tasman Archer, Sleeping Satellite. <laughs> Speaking of slow songs, I'm oh sorry. God. I'm sorry, I see. This has almost got a seal tone. Tasman Archer, Sleeping Satellite. Tasman Archer. I blame you for the moonlit nights. Her name. See, I can't take this seriously. All, all songs are cheesy to me. I can't, I can't hear lyrics and not go. That is ridiculous. I think more pop songs should be written about the Apollo uh, <laughs> space missions. <laughs> wow. Good tone in the voice though, there. Like that. How many takes do you reckon that took to get that screech in the voice? Yeah. If they were trying for it, if it was just a happy accident. Alright. You reckon Take Lenny would have used that as an excuse when he was like cheating? Don't blame me, baby. Blame it on the sleeping satellite. <laughs> so this is Tasman's debut song. Debut single. Uh, Great. And I look. I Remember the song being huge, mm. although I remember it being bigger than it was because I looked at and it got to, I think, number 14 in Australia. It got to number one in the UK, though. Right. Uh, the song that knocked off the top of the charts was The Shaman's Ebenezer Good. Remember that? Oh. He's a good, he's a good. Yeah. He's Ebenezer Good. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah. I like that. It was a fun song. And then it was number one uh, for two weeks. And then The Juggernaut that was... Boys to Men, End of the Road came along. Oh, my God. And that was and the biggest selling single of the year. That And that stayed at number one for a long, yeah, long time. Yeah, a long, long time. I remember someone saying the production on that was like the amount of vocal tracks in, in the mix was something up at like 45 or 50 yeah. or something. You know, and you're just like, I know there's four of them, but then there's, oh, that's insane. Do you know Boys to Men? I don't know if they're going to come on the podcast in terms of if we talk about them. Right. But they're now, they're doing the Vegas yes, because right. of kind of residency. Perfect. You know, I love that. Yeah. And there's the uh, the documentary series, which I've talked about a lot on this show. This is Pop and they, they're on that. Right. And they're, it's, it's interesting because they talk about how they were the biggest band in the world. Yeah. And then they weren't. Yeah. And they had to kind of, 
redefine who they were oh. and now they're doing these kind of residencies in Vegas but all their fans are like the fans who grew up with them right and so they like they know them personally they come along and they're like yeah yeah let's oh I, I remember you from this show mm. and it's just all that kind of stuff you'd have to almost think because I think of like human nature having their stint in Vegas for years and going man if they're surviving that long boys and men must be yeah huge you know like they could oh they could stay there for years yep. they'd have two venues named after them because I was thinking like if you're a touring touring musician and going oh, the touring life is hard uh-huh. how about we stay somewhere where everyone is kind of floating in and floating out of yeah. and our audience is just is migrating all the time amazing yeah it makes so much sense but i was listening to i found just on spotify uh, an elvis 69 at the international that's when he first started in vegas yeah and he sounded so fresh. He was l- l- on stage. He was just so fun and just these massive monologues, just joking, yep. c- kind of dirty or, or, you know, like sleeping with women, blah, blah, blah. But then it's funny. You just, he was obviously there for quite a few years and just you see him getting a bit stale and a bit stale. Still good, but just like kind of, yep. oh, he's just not having as much fun. Yeah, know? which is part so, of the job of being a performer, going, right. hey, you've got to pretend that this is the best night of your life because for some people out there, it is the best night of their life. That's exactly right. But if you're doing two shows yeah. a, a day, you know, that's that's a, that's incredible. Yeah. That, what a life. And then what do you do on your downtime? If you're big, uh, you probably can't really get out of your room. No, in Vegas, no. Yeah. yeah. I think Celine Dion and that used to just literally fly in, do the shows and then fly back out. Yeah, because she's been there for years as well. Yeah, she was. I think she had like a tunnel from her hotel room to the thing, which I'm sure was there before, yeah. but she made sure it was like humidified to the, the 60% or whatever they reckon is good because yeah. otherwise you get that Vegas throat thing. Ah, oh, the dry desert. The dry- <laughs> uh, so this it was written about the Apollo missions in the 60s, this song. Right. And uh, so this is what it says on Wikipedia. It's about a sense of disappointment bordering on betrayal, but having dreamed of the moon or indeed because it got there, humanity now seems confined to slowly boil the earth. <laughs> So the pop song reading about. into this a bit too much. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's ridiculous. So I, I used to, do, I was working on this for a bit about the Apollo missions. Right. How Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, Buzz Aldrin walked on the moon, and I was that thing of like, imagine if that wasn't successful. Yeah. The whole world's watching. Buzz walks. No, Neil walks out. Mm-hmm. Head explodes in the helmet. Oh my god. Buzz doesn't see it. He's like looking around, going, "Oh, he walks out." Head explodes. I would, I'd say, as as a humanity, we would not take any risks ever again. We'll You're go, right. You know what? We've learned our lesson. Keep your feet firmly planted on the ground. Imagine being buzzed after seeing yeah. that. <laughs> I'm really not too sure. You gotta go out there. Because <laughs> the instinct would be if he falls, you're oh shit, what's wrong? Did he yeah. slip? And then oh, then you'd go see his head, face head. splattered on the. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I wonder if uh, Tamsin would have written a completely different yes. song. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that ta- Tamsin Archer, one, one, right. one song. Yeah, fair enough. I don't, you know, these one hit wonders, I, man, you've had a hit. That yeah. is better than most people can do. You know, yeah. like they're almost shamed for having a one hit. I'm like, man, that's amazing. That's incredible. 
Well, we've gone from one hit to a plethora of hits. And this is Elton John's The Last Song. Now. Just when you thought you couldn't get slower. The audacity of this first line, though. Oh. Yesterday. Yep, that's <laughs> you right. You oh man, I was like, <laughs> I heard it in the car yesterday because I've not heard this song before, and yeah. I heard it and went, "Is it? Is this cover?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep playing. We'll keep playing. Just... You came to lift me up as light as straw and brittle as a bird. Was this on the back of Wind Beneath My Wings or something? Well, we'll go, we'll we'll go, into, this. We'll go into history of it yeah. after we finish, but we'll just let this listen. This is just a slow cup of power of Elton. Of a voice unheard tomorrow Leave the windows open As fear grows, please hold me in your arms won't you help me if you can to shake this anger? I need your gentle hand. Man, it's the sparkling keys and the reverb that gets me with this stuff. There you go. That, that's wow. enough of that one. So yesterday, <laughs> fucking hell. This song was originally titled "Song for 1992," right? But they decided to change it um, so it didn't date the song. Oh wow! Yeah, which is a smart move. Yeah, that is that's fair. It's but like also Silverchair's anthem for the year two thousand. Oh, it's like yeah. they still play that. Oh, they don't play so- gigs anymore, but they were playing that well into when they were touring. It's like oh, yeah, it's kind of dated now. I know, but then you got Prince's ninety nine. Yeah, I kind of go. But I, he wrote I that in the eighties. Yeah, but but that's thinking forward. Yeah, right? I love that. But it's kind of like I don't mind. I don't mind something that puts a stamp on something. I mean, the production values of this song says it all anyway. Yeah, you kind of know when it's from. It almost sounds more 80s than 90s. It does. So it was written... uh, So uh, Freddie Mercury had died the previous year. Right. uh, And they wanted to write a song. He and uh, his uh, songwriting partner, Bernie Bernie Torpen, who writes... So... Mm, Torbs. Torpen writes the lyrics. I thought it would be the other way around. But no, Elton writes the music. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I... I, Because... I... I struggle with serious lyrics... Yeah, okay. So, but funny, or more tongue-in-cheek kind of obvious lyrics are great. Yeah. Like if I'm doing more of uh, uh, old Tom Jones, Elvis type song, it's easy to write those lyrics. If I'm doing actually something serious, I find it hard to be that sentimental and whatever. So I get it. Elvis had the same problem. Elvis, when he was doing his breakdown, when he's talking bits in, what's the song he does the talking bit in? Um, oh, the first line, baby, you said you love me. And uh, love me tender. Love, and then he, yeah. do you, do you do a talking bit in love me tender? Of, it's, it's like that one. Yeah, it's, um, and he could never get through it live. There's so many so many things of him getting the giggles. Yeah, well, in the 69 one I heard the other day, he got through it all. I'm like, wow. But then the previous version, I've heard him do it, and he's off his nut a bit. Yeah. And he can't. Yeah. Do it because he can't remember it. Malcolm right? Gladwell has a whole podcast about that song. Oh, and wow. That, that, that kind of um, yeah. thinking. Go I, listen to that one. It's really good. I do like the talking interludes, though. But, but here, So Elton John, so they're not in the same room when they're doing this. They write yeah. in different yeah. areas. Elton will write the, the music. Yep. Bernie does the yep. lyrics. And they put them together, which... Great. I, wonder, I do wonder, though, because, I mean, I feel like... Uh, 
the melody is something separate from those two. So lyrics, Elton does the music, but then there's a melody that you've got to put over the top of the yeah. music. So who does that? Whether it's Elton just puts it on piano and just goes, here's the melody I was thinking, and Torb, Torbs goes, here's Which is I why thinking. I feel Elton John's songs do go well into musicals and stuff like that because there's so many yeah. musicals where it's like the melody just yeah. loses because they have to fit in yeah. some juxtaposition, some some whatever, not juxtaposition, some... Uh, some storyline. They've got to get uh-huh. plot into it. <laughs> go, all right, we're going to rush through this so we get to, get to the plot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so this was uh, the money from this song went to the AIDS Foundation. Great. And uh, so this is a quote that he said. He said, I was crying all the time as I wrote the music and it was very hard for me to sing it. And then uh, Bernie goes on to explain, we didn't go for the obvious. I tried to do something lyrically that would thaw the intolerance of not understanding. That's why they use the idea of a father come to terms with his son's status in life and his sexuality. But unfortunately for the father, understanding too late. And so well, that's. Didn't it. go for the obvious. We'll just use uh, the start of someone <laughs> else's song. <laughs> no one will see that coming. So they, uh, Gus Van Sant did the music video for it, but he yeah, was not the first who's choice. That? Who's Gus? I've heard of Gus that Van Sant. He uh, did um, big time director. I think uh, Goodwill Hunting is uh, Gus of Van Sant. Of course. Yeah. Uh, they asked Madonna to direct it first. Huh. She said, no, I'm not good. But called the last song, <laughs> not his last song which is just as well. Mm. But I do want Elton to do another song uh, just because his actual last song that he's ever recorded is called Saucy Drolls for Everyone. Jesus. Do you want to hear of it? Yeah, this I is, do. This is I do. the last actual song that Elton John's ever recorded and put out. All right. So if he doesn't do another one, this uh-huh. is it. This, this is, is the last one. This is the swan song. It's a Christmas, it was a Christmas single. With Ed Sheeran oh and a guy gosh. called Lad Baby. Lad Baby. Now it's making sense. All his songs are about Here we go. We are back. Trying to make history for charity. And may I introduce to you Ed Sheeran and Sir Elton John. Wow. No pressure. <laughs> Let's have a party, it's Christmas Day. Your mum's cooking turkey, but been moaning since yesterday. The presents are open and the bin bags are put away. Just until Boxing Day. Now, here we go, Bill. Let's dance. Merry Christmas. Get to the kitchen for sausage rolls. Get drop your toys and have to laugh. Oh, my God. Oh, what would you rather? Would you rather listen to that song or the last song? I would prefer to listen to that song. <laughs> it's good, isn't but, it? And how's the auto-tune? Just crank it to the max and get Elton, because oh. can he sing? Of course he can. <laughs> it's, wow. Who oh. was the girl in there? There was also someone else. Someone else, but she's not She's not, not listed. listed in the crypt. Yeah. But she, I think Maybe she might be a part of Lad Lads. Baby. Yeah. So they've got... Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it's a long way funny. to the top. Is another they just do a long way to the top sausage to get roll. a sausage roll. But all the songs that they've released are about sausage rolls. That's great. I love that. And that must have been a part of like the the New Year's Eve yeah. countdown. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe it's a radio. Who ends thing, up number but, one? Isn't that? Yeah, it's only, the big Christmas yeah, chart. Big, yeah. yeah, far out. Yeah. Well, that's a great song, Elton. I wonder if Torbs had a hand in that one. <laughs> All right, moving on. Now this is we <clears> talked <throat> about this guy uh, two <clears> episodes <throat> ago with Ben Lomas. We both agreed, Achy Breaky Heart. Absolute banger. This was the follow-up to Achy Breaky Heart. Ooh. This is Billy Ray Cyrus's Could Have Been Me. Very different. 
I hear you just got married. Took him up long, hard and long. Very brisk. Springsteen. Yeah. And you love smiles at the wedding. And you cried when you kissed the bride. I got no invitation. I guess the mailman didn't bring it to me. But I see the whole thing in slow motion. Every night as I try to sleep. My buddy John said you look real pretty. Good slow build though. Like Tell the story. Yeah. Nice narrative. He said the preacher asked for objections. And he thought about standing up. I told John he must have been crazy. We'll get to the chorus. Because you were just right. about to say <laughs> I do. He just gave me a Said all he could think Is it could have been me with you It could have been me Standing there with you It could have been me no, I like this And coming. my dreams coming true But those dreams move on If you wait too long That's a nice bit That is <laughs> oh, Wow The country music appreciation of Joshua It could have been me Now this is, uh, you know it's the type of song that you... It's kind of like the emotional maturity you would see on Facebook at about 11.30 from yeah. guys in their 40s and 50s just who've been scrolling through Facebook, seeing old girls I went to school with oh, and just going, could oh, could have been me. Could have been me. I don't mind this. I mean, you. Got, I, in terms of... It's a country song, so I just go, oh, it's country. I'm not the biggest fan of country, so it's on that pile anyway. But I'm going, to go, oh, it builds. It's, it's yeah. quite good. And I just think about country live is great. Yep. Country on recordings, I don't really like. But as a live song, that'd go off. Yeah. Could have been me. But, it, I, you know, the double, the, the harmony in the chorus is so Bruce Springfield. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, is, sorry, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there's a little insane. bit, a, a little run of keys in there that sounds Billy Joel-ish as well. That's, yeah. yeah, I heard that as well. Yeah, but you're right. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. That's great. Now, this is the type of song I've, I've discovered on this podcast that you... It's worth going down the rabbit hole of YouTube comments to see what people have said about oh, this song. Beautiful. And there's a lot, a lot of people going. I understand exactly how he's what he's oh. going through. A lot of, a lot of sadness. But this was my favourite one. Hmm. This is from a guy called Matt Murphy, and this he wrote. When I was in elementary school, my bus driver played this song over and over for the whole year. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bus driver is <laughs> crying the whole trip. That bus driver's hating oh, life. Right. They, those kids are lucky they got to school. Yeah. And just drive <laughs> it off a bridge. <laughs> Maybe that's why he became, maybe he was talking about an old uh, high school or primary school crush. Yeah. And so he had to just keep living in the past, just driving the kids. Yeah. But look, there's no way this song's on the, on the album if he didn't have Achy Breaky Heart. It obviously was a twofer. Okay, you want Achy Breaky Heart, you're going to take the second single as well. Yeah. We, it yep. seems a weird second single. Well, so people on, on YouTube are saying if he did this first and Achy Breaky mm. Heart second, he would have a different mm. career. I think Billy Ray Cyrus has a pretty good career. Oh, I think he does, yeah. He's been working constantly. Yeah. Like, he... Like, yeah. And not, not acting as well, like, in, you know, his daughter. Yeah. Miley, he's got, like, huge fame. And, like, he's doing okay. I agree. And and country in itself just has, has a massive fan base. Yeah. So, yep. he's always going to be fine. But I did watch the Shania Twain doco last week. Oh, is it good? Really good. To, yeah, I mean, I didn't know much about it, so it was just nice to yeah. get to know it. But I think, and that's almost the same where, yeah, releasing something like this first, where it's not the banger could be better. Because I think she did a bit of that where, maybe it was or wasn't on purpose, but the lesser song was first, and then the second one comes yeah. in and it just hits you in the face. And you're like, oh, yeah. And then you get into that first one. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So we're moving on. <clears throat> now this is a song by a band Heaven Seventeen. <laughs> this song is from the eighties, but this is the Brothers in Rhythm remix that was released in nineteen ninety three. Here we go. Heaven Seventeen Temptation. The thing that strikes me is just the weird kind of um, melodic shifts. It's very Duran Duran-ish. Yes, yes, which we'll talk about yes. in a minute. <laughs> but uh, So Heaven 17, uh, Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marsh, who were previously in the Human League. Right. Uh, Glenn Gregory, who's on vocals, mm-hmm. which... Sorry, is that N vocals? Or... <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, like, look, no, not to discredit Glenn's voice... But if you, I thought, I reckon Martin and Ian probably have the similar voice, right, to someone like that. Like you don't yeah. need to bring him in. And I looked at him and I go, "Oh, is he a real good-looking dude?" Right. That's why they got nah, bald, sa- a bald dude. Just sounded to me like that was just the um, the track you lay down just as a demo. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting when Carol Kenyon, who does the the kind of chorus, uh-huh. the hit, you say, "Oh." She can sing. She's singing. Why don't you just get yeah. her to sing the whole, I know. whole bit? But maybe it could be a bit too much. Yeah. Maybe you need that contrast. Uh, so they got their name from A Clockwork Orange, uh, the Anthony Burgess uh, novel and <coughs> also film. So uh, Heaven 17 were a band playing on the radio apparently. Right. And so they got their name. Uh, but this is Martin Ware who wrote the song. This is what he about the subject matter. He said, I woke up one morning and thought, I've got to write a song about sex. I've never written a song about sex. Mm. So the song is about the rising sexual tension. And he says, the chords keep going up like an MC Escher staircase. So they loop again. But I think all songs loop. You don't just yeah, play, no. play a chord Once. and then never go back to it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, you know. That's Do they great. change key and loop? Or is um, that what he means by going up? Well, it I didn't sound know, like it. did. And he also, uh, a never-ending chord structure and used the Lord's Prayer as the basis. So that's lead oh. us not into temptation. That's oh. what that's from. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it's so fine. it's not about sex. Well, I guess it's the temptation of sex and using the Lord's Prayer. It's oh, who knows? Who knows? I'm not a not a fan of the song. I it's also on the um, uh, Train Spotting soundtrack as well, right. and I think it's just soaked into me from from listening to that so much. I'm sure. Here's what I I reckon: like moving image and song is a, one of the most powerful things because there's a visual element to the like music alone is great. Yeah, you have that visual man. It just does something else. So if you've got it tied into a visual movie or something, yep. I absolutely agree. I'm sure if I had that, I would love the song as well because it would bring back a real feeling of something. Yeah. So we've got from the '80s, Heaven Seventeen. Uh-huh. Then moving into another massive '80s band, Duran Duran, yep. and yep. this is their song. Ordinary world. 
love this one. I love it. It reminds me of uh, the German band. Oh, yeah. Winds of Change. Also, how many movies is this? I know, yeah. I like that it finishes on that chord. Yeah. I I just got reminded of the last visual thing I saw or heard this in. It was a doco about some con artist who said he was an MI6 or MI5 agent in the UK. And he duped this one girl for 10 years. Like, brutal. But I think it was something about someone was driving a car and this person would play this song on repeat for like a six-hour car trip or something. Wow. Yeah, anyway, but... It, I feel like it's at the end of a film. Yeah. You know, it's that real closing credits type song. It sounds very cinematic. So this yeah. was... Uh, so, Duran Duran, huge in the 80s. They were going through a bit of a dry patch. Their last album before this, Liberty, was right. a massive flop. And they kind of bunkered down to say, what, mm. what are we as a band? Right. Wrote a bunch of songs and Capitol Records just were like, not really keen on it. Not going... Thinking, we don't really know where you guys fit anymore. Yeah. And so what happened with this song, they had this song and they <clears throat> leaked it or very strategically mm. just gave it to right. a Florida, a Jacksonville, Florida radio station and go, here's a new one from Duran Duran, do what you want with it. They played it. It was a huge hit. Huge. Wow. The station was like, everyone's got, you got to play that, got to play that, got to play Crazy. that. This sparked such an interest that Capital went, we've got to get the album out. So they moved it forward from when they were going to plan to do it in 93 uh-huh. to December 92. Uh, went to number one, uh, the album. Uh, this is the second most played Duran Duran song on Spotify. Wow. Like 241 million. The wow. only one is Hungry Like the Wolf <clears throat> is bigger. Jesus. Which is like, yeah. And so they then... So you're saying the Bond theme <clears throat> the Bond. doesn't come close. <laughs> <laughs> Rio, that's the, that's the song. Um, so went to one in Canada, one in Italy, 18 in Australia. Uh, this song was number three in the US. Uh, and what they would do for their B-sides, because uh-huh. they, they liked the album Liberty, the one that they, they yeah. put the singles from that, which were flops, right. as the B-sides. Perfect. Going, hey, if you like these, get the whole album. And Amazing. they got a whole new fan base. Oh, my God. Off the back of it. I love that stuff. You know, because it's, it's, it's about also just a reflection on labels and, yep. and what they know and what they don't know and what they think they know. I... I like proving that those people wrong, I yep. guess, or or people proving those people wrong, you know. Yeah. So that's this great. that's from the so it's a self-titled album, um, but the fans call it the wedding album because on the cover is a because they already had a self-titled oh. album as well. Oh, so, <laughs> second self-titled. Second self-titled. It also reminds me of the Bee Gees. You win again. It's got that I same. I think I know that one. You win again, so little time, baby. All right. Anyway, we are moving on to the final song on the album. I've kept my pattern. I've, I've liked all these songs. This is the only one that I'm like, really? I, I could never listen to this song again and huh. I'd be fine. So this is 
An Emotional Time by Hothouse Flowers. <laughs> I think on a lazy Sunday morning in bed, turn this not too loud, just in the background, I feel like it's not a bad little tune. Hey, if you sell your compilation, it's 100% hits, and you don't want to have something on in the background that you can ignore. It's down low. I mean, they put it at the end. They put it at the end where you can go, we've got our money's worth, we can pack up the chairs while this song plays. Absolutely. Everyone can file out. Yeah. Here's the clue. Like it could have been a Sophia Coppola film too. Yeah. All right. That's well, it's a bit boring. That's enough. It's it. That, that's what? its biggest crime. It's boring. There's nothing like I can't just pinpoint why it's bad. It's yeah. just it's just boring. So yeah. Hot House Flowers, Irish band. I would not even attempt mm. to say their names, like their individual names. They're all like completely like right. out of out of my comfort level to actually say and think. Oh yeah, I'm doing I'm doing a good job. Uh, kind of almost discovered by Bono. Oh, right. He uh, saw them, or they were performing on television. Right. Uh, and then offered to release their single, Love Don't Work This Way, on U2's label. And then uh, Polygram saw it, signed them, and went, great. Their album was the most successful debut album in history in Ireland. Uh, number one slot within a week, number two in the UK album charts. First single, Feet on the Ground, went to number one. And the song Don't Go was a huge hit in the UK because... It was played in in the interval between contestants of the 1988 Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so they were like, people were loving it. Go, oh, cool. What's this one? I like oh, this one. Finally, a good song. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're saying the cause didn't touch these guys as one of the best-selling albums? I don't know. No. Oh. Um, in 92, the Hothouse Flowers joined up to form a little supergroup with oh. Def Leppard. Oh, my goodness. And they called themselves... The Acoustic Hippies from Hell. <laughs> so catchy. <laughs> I, yeah, not the greatest title, but... So they recorded three songs. They did a cover of You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling mm-hmm, Stones. They mm-hmm. did Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. And then they did another uh, song called From the Inside. Right. So I think that was an original song by the... Okay, that's good. The Acoustic Hippies They kind of went, oh, hell. we love what the Travelling Wilburys are doing. Yes. That's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so this was the 1992 album song. Oh, was it called Songs from the whatever? I don't know. Who right. cares? Uh, I'm sure listeners will. Uh, but <laughs> didn't didn't get uh, very good reviews. And this is what mm. the Philadelphia Inquirer said about it. A good read. Celtic soul can be a mighty tepid cup of tea. <laughs> That's not what you want. No, tepid. Yeah. Oh, to be described as tepid. Tepid is like, it's not even an ins- insulting word. It's like, you can, like, if it's like, this is shit, you can kind of go, well, it's not, but tepid is such a word that you're like, there's no real coming back to no, tepid. There's not, there's not, it's like, yeah, it's not black or white, it's just that in the middle, but it's gr- on the verge of gross. It's yeah. like, oh, yuck, yuck. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, the worst thing you say about someone is, oh, it's, it's boring. That's what it is. It's boring. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my god, what is side B? That's the end of volume seven. Wow, we now. Did you do side A previous episode? I did. Yeah, Will Anderson looked at side A. Aha. Uh-huh. You're doing side B. Now, what we do at the end of every episode is we go through it and go, they call it 100% hits. Uh-huh. What percent would you give it? Funny, because I thought about what percent, but I was going off the whole album. So oh, okay. side B, I think I literally, how many did I We've have got Free here? Your Mind. Hit or not hit? Yep, I'll count that as a hit. In the Morning, Boom Crash Opera. Are you going to go my way? Yes. Absolutely. Sleeping Satellite. This was a tough one because I know it was a big hit and I I don't necessarily like it. So no. No? The no. La, the the no. last song. No. <laughs> no. Could have been me, Billy Ray. No. Temptation. No. Ordinary World. Yes. Emotional Time. No. So you got three out of the nine. It's possibly four with Satellite. 33.3% hits. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It's not. I think that's the worst one we've had. I think if you're paying, and what was the side A? Side, side A was pretty. I, I think we had about seventy percent hits. Yeah, great. So that's a hundred percent hits. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how percentage works. <laughs> hey, Oliver, thanks so much for doing this. Thank Where you. can people find you? Uh, they can find me. I'm gigging around town, but also hop onto Spotify. I have the Oliver Clark music on there. Four albums, couple of singles, and they're all tongue-in-cheek but i yes. love that music it's yep. that real tom jones elvis uh, dean martin era so they're all fun tunes but good music um also did a side project john cox uh, that is also on spotify that's more blues rock soul so yep. that's more of a guitar based thing and more serious um but i also love that as well so spotify go there go there hey thanks everyone who's been downloading and leaving uh reviews on apple Podcasts and spotify and all that kind of stuff really helps out with the algorithm helps me keep the lights on uh also, if you're in Melbourne, I'm doing a live episode of Don't You Know Who I Am at the Belfry on Brunswick Street in Fitzroy on the 14th of August, 3 p.m. Make sure you head over there. Go to joshua.com.au for tickets. Also, thanks, everyone, for being Patreon subscribers. You guys are the absolute best. We'll see you next time. Bye. Awesome. Great stuff. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.